listening to Ticker Talk, a podcast brought to you by CanNet, the Cardiovascular Network of Canada. Immerse yourselves in conversations with caregivers and patients living well after diagnosis and gather insight from leading experts across Canada on research findings that make a difference. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Julian, a research partner, a peer support group leader, and a patient with lived experience managing my own cardiac health condition. Dr. Bank for short, if I understand correctly. That's right. (laughs) Dr. Bank is a senior scientist with the Ottawa Hospital Research Institute, a professor in the Department of Epidemiology and Community Medicine at the University of Ottawa, and an emergency room physician with the emergency department at the Ottawa Hospital. The Canadian syncope risk score work that you've been doing. Can you tell us a little bit about that work? Yes. One of the very difficult problems that emergency physicians faced, including myself. I was working in a smaller hospital in Lindsay, Ontario, where I used to see a lot of patients with fainting or syncope. We used to investigate them quite a lot in the emergency department, and several physicians, including myself, did not know how to manage these patients. Should we discharge them home? What should we do? We admit them. Should we observe them for long periods of times because maybe an arrhythmia that will show up as we are observing for longer? And these type of questions existed, and it was quite difficult. I started as a small project, trying to collate the literature information together to come up with a plan how to manage these patients in a smaller hospital or even bigger hospitals. Very quickly, I knew that there was no good evidence that was available. I personally thought that. I was not collecting the information properly in the, from the literature to develop a approach to these patients. So I said, like, you know, maybe I should do a little bit more training and research to collate all of this information together. Did not find anything and embarked on a journey of developing a plan to manage these patients in the emergency department. And so what does the risk score actually give us? How does it work and what does it do? Our work, what it has done is it has led to simplification of approach for a patient with syncope or fainting in the emergency department. The patient comes into the emergency department. What kind of questions you're going to ask and what is that that you're looking for, the serious things that can cause syncope in a patient. Now, once the physician and the medical team has had a reasonable workup of the patient to just say, well, I don't think so anything bad is going on with this patient in front of me. Or I think that there is these things I need to think about and decide whether we are going to investigate or not investigate. And we have provided evidence for when to do investigations in the emergency department. At the end of the emergency department visit, what do I do with this patient now? That's where the syncope risk score comes in. Evaluate the different components of the risk score, and then it tells you what is the risk of the patient that is in front of you what is the risk of death, what is the risk of arrhythmias or irregular heartbeats, and is it important arrhythmias that require to be treated, but they are not life-threatening, and is it going to be a life-threatening arrhythmia, or is it going to be some other condition that is going to show up, such as bleeding in the brain, out of the lung, or bleeding in the belly, uh, the possibility of these specific discrete type of bad outcomes. That's what the risk score tells and so based on where you fall in the risk score, certain uh, next steps are indicated for the, the emergency room physician, for the patient, 
maybe hospitalization, maybe they can go home, but with monitoring. Yeah, there are different steps in the development of any kind of this tool. Like, you know, we first derived it uh, using funding from CHR and with funding from CANET, we validated the score. We did a practice recommendations development, which was recently published, where we discussed with emergency physicians, cardiologists, internal medicine physicians, and family physicians who evaluate these patients in the emergency department and who decide about admission of these patients. It also included patients. It included patients in the different risk strata, which is the low risk, medium risk, and high risk strata. And we asked them, like, how would you like your condition to be managed? These are the risks that are in front of you based upon the risk score. After that, we collated all of this information and then came up with the recommendations or guidelines, which is low risk discharge patients home. They can follow up with their family doctor as needed. Medium risk, you can discharge them home after you discuss with them the important things to look out for, such as like sudden severe headache, shortness of breath or chest pain or any kind of belly problems in the form of belly bloating or bleeding. Then those conditions happen, come back in here, but your risk of an irregular heartbeat is high. You can go home on a monitor, and if you're high risk, possibly consider admission to hospital. But if they're getting discharged home, the plan will be to put them on a monitor because they are at higher risk of an arrhythmia. Is this insight that the patients also have, like the patients who are presenting with syncope, are they presented with this risk score information and help to understand what it means and what the implications are for them? Or is it more for the healthcare practitioners? In, no, it's also for the patients. We have developed infographics for the patients. Tells them people who present to the emergency department is fainting, the likelihood of death, likelihood of bad arrhythmias or irregular heartbeats, or other things happening as an infographic to aid the bilateral discussion between the patient and the physician to just decide what will be the best for the patient. Where are you taking this work next? What are some of the areas where you're either building on the syncope risk score or you're expanding the research that's been done? I can talk about four things that is going to be happening. Number one is the Canadian syncope risk score. One of its variables is a troponin blood test. Does all patients require troponin? No. Like, you know, there is only a subset of patients who require troponin testing in order to assess the risk of the patient because a good proportion, about like more than 50% of patients, will likely have a normal troponin because like they don't have any medical problems. So we have developed what we call it as an ultra-low risk criteria. These patients do not require troponin testing. You can assume that the troponin is normal and you can calculate the score. What are the implications? This can be applied in the family doctor's office so that they don't have to send the patient to the emergency department in order to do risk stratification. If the family doctor does not think that anything bad is going on in the patient, if needed, they can just do a troponin test as an outpatient and then within one or two days can discuss with the patient about their risk and decide what to do with the patient. So this will help with the emergency department crowding and wait times and everything. The second part of it is using the data from all the data that we have, we have previously developed some criteria that the paramedics can use to avoid transportation of patients to the emergency department and divert them to other settings, such as the family doctor's office, or advise the patients to follow up with the family doctor. We are going to develop a tool that helps them to just decide 
once again, what is the risk of the patient that is right in front of me and what should I do with the patient? Should I transport them to the emergency department? This will lead to more emergency crowding. If we are able to divert some of these patients away from the emergency department, then we can just care for the sickest ones. And the third one is, oh, we have quite a bit of evidence that is developed what to do in the emergency department with respect to investigations, what is the risk of the patient, and what to do with the patient right in front of you, which is what the Canadian Sinclair Risk Score tells us. With funding from CIHR, we are implementing it at 16 hospitals across Canada. Syncope itself is a difficult type of a symptom to assess and transfer this knowledge to the frontline emergency physicians. The implementation project can be challenging given the intricacies. It's not simple, like, you know, you take out one or two and then, like, it's done. We like to transfer this clinical knowledge to the frontline clinicians as to how to assess the patient, how to use the scoring, how judiciously to use the recommendations and then put the patient in the center and discuss with them. And that's how the infographics are going to help. We are embarking on an implementation project, which is set as an example for implementation of any difficult type of pathways in the emergency department. So in future, we can just use the same template to implement such things in large, small size emergency departments across Canada. The fourth one that we have, based upon Data that is previously available, we have decided that we are going to do monitoring for patients for 15 days. We want to refine that criteria a little bit better because though it's not very invasive, still it's a little bit uncomfortable wearing a monitor for 15 days, particularly for older patients who have some cognitive issues that they may feel uncomfortable. This is not the norm. We are doing a randomized controlled trial to see how long should we monitor them for who will have the best use of healthcare resources when we monitor them. And we are just going to go a little bit into the weeds of like the medium risk patients, whether the score one, two, or three, they need to be monitored. I think the score three for sure needs to be monitored. Score of two and one, what is the usefulness of monitoring in these patients? Overall, I think Canada has been a world leader in emergency department syncope management. Uh, hence, we will continue to refine the score. We will look to implement some sort of a tool in the pre-hospital setting, which will be in the family physician's office and the paramedics. And then we will tighten the health resource utilization with the monitoring so that our patients get the best care and the safest care possible. Sounds great. And if we're a world leader, it sounds like it's in large measure through some of the work that you and your team have been doing reflects very well on you and the passion and the investment that you've made in syncope risk score work. I'm really interested in the work around how do we now translate that into a tool that emergency physicians could use comfortably, because in so many situations, that's where the real challenge is, is we have the insight, we have the knowledge. Now, how do we make that usable across the system? How do we really disseminate that so that it's it's in the hands of the people who can put it into place and, and make a difference with that insight? It's exciting because of the work that you're doing. We'll also maybe have a template for how we can move it beyond the 16 hospitals that you already have involved in the project. Similarly, to me, the 15-day monitoring, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of results you get back and how you can refine the score based on that, the insight that you gain from that work. So lots of interesting, interesting results to come. 
Yes. The uh, American Association, which is a society of academic emergency medicine, has reached out to our Canadian team to write guidelines for syncope. Some of the important questions by looking at the literature that we are going to look at are, number one, the risk stratification, how to use it, on what kind of tools are being used, and how is it useful for the emergency physician. We have actually a, a panel of patient partners giving us feedback about what is important to them as patients. So we are looking at what is the role of hospitalization, what are the investigations in the emergency department, what are the investigations outside the emergency department that needs to be done. Does the diagnosis of something help the patients understand and cope if the condition is recurrent and ongoing for them? There's quite a bit of work that is being done of collating all the literature evidence and presenting it to the emergency physicians, also from a patient perspective, to use the knowledge that is pre-existing to care for the patients in a patient-centered way.